0: Hey, what's up, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, Dave and I discuss Clomid, and can it be used to avoid shutdown while you're on cycle? We've heard of T3 and T4, but what's T5? A coach wants a new user to use Test Prope and Sustanon, EQ and Trend. What should he do? Clenbuterol dosing and timing. Plus, we've got a listener cycle critique. We'll talk about Mark Wahlberg Get Fat Diet. Plus, Dave did a podcast with Broderick Chavez. We're going to talk about that and a bunch more guys if you have any questions for us comment below because we'll tackle them on the next episode and hey if you haven't subscribed we'd love to have you along because we have several podcasts coming out each week all right guys let's get to the show Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. Check them out and uh, use our code ADVICES for some additional savings. What was on that cup, Dave? What was that a picture of on there? (laughs) A muscle bear? Is that what that is?
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Huh. Interesting. I think there's a certain community that would really appreciate that, that little pun there.
1: That that's what's worse. This was a gift, by the way. Okay, um, is what's on the back.
0: Big muscle bear. Perfect. That's perfect. I love it. <coughs> so, guys, today um, we are we're gonna start out talking about a question that came in. Uh, can you maintain your natural testosterone uh, production while using gear if you take Clomid? I see Scott Stevenson is watching right now, so I'd be curious if he had any input on that one. Uh, we're going to discuss that. Uh, plus, Dave, Dave cheated on me. He did a podcast with Broderick, so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that after after this. Um, I saw something in the news which was interesting. Mark Wahlberg uh is on some crazy bulk diet we're going to discuss that a little bit and see just how close that his diet is to the under construction the film's diet uh i've got some pictures of him uh and then after that of course we're going to answer a bunch of listener questions so to start us out dave you know can you use clomid this is a topic that's kind of come up lately to maintain your natural test production uh while you're on gear and it's interesting because I just talked to a guy who's out of Canada. Um, he told me his doctor was giving him TRT. He signed up with a clinic. And this clinic told him that he can try it out and get on TRT, give it some time. And if he decides he doesn't like it, he can always come off because he won't have stopped producing tests because he's going to be taking Clomid. So it's basically a, a win-win pretty much.
1: Well, I mean, the first thing is, then why are you going on TRT? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, obviously TRT is testosterone replacement therapy because you don't produce enough testosterone in the face place. If that can be managed by taking clomid, why would you go on TRT? Why would you just not take clomid? Yeah. Um, yeah, I got this as well this week. Strangely enough, um, it was a I got a video link sent to. I believe there were two English guys actually discussing with an American guy something to do with excess mail.
0: Um, excess mail. About,
1: yeah. What's that? It's a website. Is it G rated? E X S C W S X X X. No, no, just one X. What's wrong with you? Different website, honestly. Area. You're the one with the muscle bear
0: mug. I'm just saying.
1: That's true, yeah. yeah it was a <laughs> gift. I am going to say, it was free. I'm a sucker for anything that's free. Um, the amount of shit T-shirts and hoodies I have because they were free is unreal. Um, but no, um, anyway, so this guy cited a study which was the use of Clomid and HCG, which is obviously not the same thing. Uh, and he was presenting this as evidence that, that – um, you can run Clomid with testosterone. However, what they did say is they had seen labs where they'd seen elevated FSH and LH Hmm. when somebody was on TRT and running Clomid. Hmm. Now, Scott will correct me as in Scott Stevenson, not as in Scott McMally. Uh, Will correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe that Clomid is particularly effective at blocking the feedback loop to the pituitary, Um, and as a result, it would stand to reason that you could see FSH and LH output if you were running Clomid, but you were on cycle, or at least on a TRT dose. Yeah um one thing that is is obviously very apparent is that you know our endocrine system works on a basis of feedback and it works on a basis of receptors sensing hormones levels. So if your TRT dose was low, it's not necessarily going to fully suppress your natural production if your levels presented are lower than what your body wants to run at it will try and keep the levels more elevated. I understand. But how long that will continue for is a different... I mean, we don't take a, a shot a test and we shut down the next day. You know, the next incident doesn't happen like that. It's a yeah. thing that happens over a few weeks. Yeah. So there is potential for definitely some interaction. Uh, and we see this reverse in PCT where we've still got elevated exogenous levels. As they come down, we start to see natural production take over and start to ramp back up. Um but i suppose the only real way would be to to take a, a low dose of test maintain test levels via that then add in the clomid and see if your total test levels increase hmm. i can't see it working in a cycle format but maybe i don't know uh, i mean at the moment we often say run hcg in a cycle to maintain lady cell integrity yeah um, whereas if you ran Clomid and you maintained FSH and LH production, you would not only still maintain an element of Leydig cell integrity, but you'd also maintain Sertoli cell stimulation as well. So there, there is, what are you doing?
0: I'm hitting buttons and I'm messing everything up. Apparently Dave, that's what I'm trying to do right now. There you like that. Roderick, come we're back. back.
1: All is forgiven. If anyone would like to apply for Scott's job, Please submit in writing with a bag of sweeties to Good. my email address.
0: Please do, yes. Um, okay, um, well, you, will you I, I got a question then. So, no, um, no. if if you were to take uh, HCG during the cycle, and that keeps the late cells uh, active, what 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 are you not getting from that? Uh, can you break that down for us that you are getting, or that you potentially could get from clomid?
1: Well, ACG is um, mimics LH, luteinizing hormone, so that only stimulates the LADIC cells, so that only works down the axis for hormone production. Okay. Now, at the moment, hCGs is used under.
0: Finish finish your thought. We'll we'll get back to Scott. Scott's got a thought here. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to hear your thought here.
1: So where you get an increase and why HCG is used um, with TRT patients to help maintain or improve fertility is HCG causes a rise in ITT, which is intertesticular testosterone. Okay. That, in turn, the serotoli cells, the sperm-making cells, can be stimulated by testosterone in their own right. They don't have to have FSH. Mm. And that is why you see people who get people pregnant whilst on cycle, because their overall testosterone levels are so elevated that the levels of testosterone in the testes elevate, and as a result, it stimulates sperm production. But HCG in its own direct right would only stimulate the ladig cells and it would be the subsequent increase in ITT that would then mm. have an influence on the serotonin cells. Okay. If you take Clomid, you will be producing LH and FSH. Now, you're not going to be producing them in huge numbers, yeah. but they would potentially be more elevated than they would be naturally and therefore you would potentially maintain fertility whilst on cycle through FSH. Hmm. We can look at hmg uh but the problem with hmg is it's well i would suspect the biggest problem is it's it's so cost prohibitive
0: yeah
1: you know you would need to be running a lot of hmg it's not the cheapest drug it's definitely the easiest drug to source either um and as a result of that it's not really practical for that to be applied in a way of maintaining fertility while on trt huh Um, Now, my understanding is that inhibins feedback into pituitary, but also inhibins feedback locally within the testes uh, and and provides some form of localized shutdown against full-blown testicular function whilst on cycle. Um, I'm not sure how encompassing this is or, or, or maybe Scott's got some ideas on this or how totally blocking this is and if there's a little bit of a, you know, a muddy, muddy area. Uh, I suspect there's potentially something in it. Whether that can be maintained long-term is a different argument. The other aspect is obviously climate is notorious for causing depression in people and yeah. making people feel like general fucking shite. Yeah. Um... And, and that may not be a tolerable option for a lot of people.
0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudel, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high quality, third party tested supplements at a fair price. High quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of, huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you Use our code ADVICES. You directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. Guys, we lost power for a minute. Um, Before we lost power, though, Dave was on a roll. And Scott Stevenson had a comment for us. He says, Dave, you're right. Both test and estrogen feedback inhibit both the hypothalamus and pituitary, blocking estrogenic feedback that might raise gonadotropin levels to some degree, but I would imagine this would vary substantially across to individuals. He agrees with you.
1: Yes, um... I, it was more a case that uh, Clomid was more affected at producing the feedback, uh, at blocking the feedback route to the pituitary than Novodex was. That was the bit I was unsure of, but I think I'm right with that. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they are... Obviously, they are estrogen blockers as well. They're not androgen receptor blockers, so there is still going to be some androgen influence as levels rise. So I, I think there's going to be a... There's going to be a point where it becomes unsustainable, but I think at lower, lower ends, you may potentially get some synergy um, there. But, I mean, on the surface of it, Clomid, from a point of view of maintaining fertility on TRT, if you can tolerate the drug, then, then yeah, it definitely has some potential.
0: Okay. Yeah, the original question was, um, uh, what do you think of Clomid during cycle to maintain natural test levels and not needing PCT? at the end of the cycle, and could this make SARMs or ANOVAR only viable? That's a secondary thing. Right.
1: Right. So the first thing is you're not going to maintain full natural function. Um, How can you maintain natural levels when your whole purpose of a cycle is to increase levels way beyond natural so that you grow at an accelerated rate? Yeah. So... That is but I get what he's trying to say. I think he just means trying to say some form of natural production, yeah, uh in theory, you are going to maintain f s h and l h production, which to an extent should maintain cellular integrity within the testes. I wouldn't say that you'd get away with no p c. t but I would suspect that there may be ability to get away with a reduced p c t okay. In the same way, when you run HCG throughout cycle, you don't need to do the HCG blast at the end of cycle. Um, unfortunately, obviously, this is not a topic that's particularly of interest to study. So, in the sense of academics wanting to study it, so if you try it, let us know how you get on because I am genuinely interested to know. Um, no regards to Anavar um i think what you're looking at there is this a lot of people say you need to run tests with anavar because you can end up with low estrogen and all the rest of it and there is some element in that i think it's very much a how long you run for that becomes a problem in that scenario um anavar is not i mean i've seen people five weeks into anavar cycles with still some low level natural testosterone production
0: sure sure
1: yeah, so, and obviously all these things are dose-dependent and did sensitivity-dependent. So there is potential um, for some influence in that situation where you may still maintain a slightly elevated level of test and you may still remain then a, a slightly elevated of estrogen, but it's not going to be something that you can rely on, in my opinion anyway, from what I know, ongoing.
0: I would agree. Uh, I would agree. Um Scott Stevenson moving on and asked you about the podcast you did with Broderick Chavez. He said, when is, where is it? It's not out yet. Right. As of the time of this recording.
1: I don't believe so. Now, to be honest, I'm involved with a, a subscription site called elite muscle network. It, it's fairly new. Um, it's gotten a little bit of momentum, but, uh, and I, I, effectively handle the steroid questions on there. Um, now, the guy that was at, Matt Tofton got in touch with me and said, would you be willing, do you want to do a podcast with Broderick? And I was like, yeah, fine, I'm not bothered. You know what I'm like, I'm a whore, I'll do a podcast with anybody. Um, anyway, I didn't think, because I knew they'd done a podcast with him, so I didn't think it was anything to do with Elite, I just thought it was a podcast. Um, so... There seemed to be a bit of a mix up with communication, and last Thursday, I got an email from Broderick saying, right what topics do you want to do for tomorrow's podcast?" And oh. I didn't even know I was doing one. yeah, um but you know quick exchange it wasn't it didn't cause any problems anyway, and we just basically decided that we would just get have a chat uh, yeah. and see how it went. so we had a chat, it went very well. Uh, and then I was told that it's going to be breaking on on Elite Muscle Network. So oh. now Broderick, Broderick hosted it. So I don't know if it's going to be exclusive to Elite Muscle Network or if Broderick's going to host it on his site and channel as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be a bit of both. I, I really don't know. So I said I wasn't aware it was actually sp- specifically for Elite. Um, that That maybe I didn't. Listen, or maybe it just was never said. I don't know. Um, let's, let's, of two, do be let's do this.
0: Let's do this. By the time this comes out, because we record this about a week in advance, I bet you that it will be out. So uh, mm. check out the links below, guys, uh, and, and I'll I'll link everybody to it. Um, also, if anybody has questions for the next episode, comment below because we could definitely always use your questions to create more content, and we appreciate all the feedback we've gotten, Dave. We've, we've, the, the last episode did really well. We got uh, like a couple thousand people in the first uh, 20 hours or so, so that's pretty badass.
1: Uh, million, here we come.
0: Yes. So I had this picture here uh, side by side of the actor Mark Wahlberg. This is his before on the left and his after on the right. And I would have thought that he was eating a bunch of junk food. But I guess he's trying to bulk up, quote unquote, for a role. Um, And he talked about his diet. And and to me, dude, because I heard people on the radio talking about this and they were like in shock. They're like, oh, my God, he's eating so much. But the reality is, man, it it almost sounds like a bodybuilding diet. Check this out. So first of all, he is a personal chef putting this all together says usually morning starts at 3 AM for his first breakfast is four eggs. That's the pre that's the pre breakfast. Then he does his workout. And then after the workout, which is usually around five or six o'clock in the morning, he does, uh, eight eggs, six strips of bacon, a cup of rice, uh, (coughs) two tablespoons of olive oil and a protein shake. And then from there, Uh, three hours later, he does some kind of ground beef or ground turkey, uh, possibly made into a hamburger patty or meatloaf with another cup of rice. And then usually three hours later, I do half of a roasted chicken, another cup of rice. Then, um, I'd do about a cup of rice or excuse me, a cup of cooked spinach, uh, and maybe some beets after that. He'll do like veal chops or pork chops and uh, eight ounces of meat, basically, of a, of a, of a heavier meat, and uh, another cup of rice. So he's getting all together here. He does another meal that looks very similar to that uh, whitefish later in the evening. And then I think he he hits it pretty hard right before bed. He does like a big heavy shake. Um steel cup oats, two tablespoons of applesauce, two tablespoons of jam, two tablespoons of almond butter, and two tablespoons of molasses, and then he goes to sleep on that. I mean, it's heavy on carbs, but I feel like you could adjust that a little bit and some guys would grow on that. What do you think?
1: Yeah, um, I think he's a bit over the top with the the protein and the eggs in the morning and stuff like that, but it would appear that he's he, – he, obviously needs to get fat for a roll. Um and rather than eat shit and and add more complications to the health risks of getting fatter, he's gone a cleaner route and just using the excess calories to gain the weight, but still not consuming bad food, so to speak. Yeah. Uh we I mean I suppose if you do have to gain weight for a roll or anything like that, that's the better way of approaching it, is eat clean but eat in excess to gain fat rather than eat absolute shite and, and then wonder why you feel like absolute shite. You know, you should be able to maintain a reasonable level of, of health and fitness, even though you're overweight with a, with a cleaner diet. Definitely.
0: Plus if I did the whole thing on like pizza and cheeseburgers, I'd be afraid I'd never want to go back. You know what I mean? Like I just love the pizza, love the cheeseburgers. I'd be like, I'm not eating chicken breast again.
1: You know, pizza is one of the most, disappointing cheat foods i've ever had
0: really no kidding
1: yeah it's one of them where i i get this big oh i've got a cheat coming up i've got a cheat coming up um i'm really looking forward to pizza yeah um and then you have it and i always think well oh, that was a bit shit really i'd have rather add something else so yeah, i just don't yeah. bother with pizza anymore so
0: yeah i wonder how his diet differed from his plan uh, from his pain and gain diet. Did you ever see that movie, Pain and Gain?
1: No, no I haven't. Um, but I would suspect probably less fats in, in that, whereas this seems to be quite hot. Though dairy and animal-based, it does seem to be, well, there's, a, there's some liquid fats and fish oil fats in there as well, but it does seem to be quite fat-heavy yeah, in yeah. that sense.
0: And then a lot of carbs like right before bed mm. to sleep on. Huh. A
1: lot of simple sugars, which surprised me right before bed.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing that's probably like to get fat, you know what I mean? Mm. The idea mm. of like trying to sleep on carbs. People people think like they just load themselves up, get fat while you sleep.
1: It'd be interesting to see what films he gets into now and why he has to be fat.
0: <laughs> it was called uh, Father Stew. I don't know what it's about, but he said he has uh, gained, I think it was like 20 pounds and he wanted to gain another 20 by the time that the role starts in another, it's been a short time too. Like he's got six weeks, I think. So,
1: yeah. Oh, dedicated to his craft. I'll give him that. Um, I mean, that's some serious dedication messing around like that.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, okay. So from uh, the Facebook group, we've got some YouTube questions from our listeners, viewers, Um, this was from the group, Matt Marshall posted it up. We talked about fat burners last week, and I've heard you refer to ECA as T5 a number of times now. So it's something I never actually asked about, but I've always known that's what you meant. Uh, somebody had wondered, they said, uh, I've been a fan of, uh, ECA, Ephedra for 20 years. And this was literally the first time I've heard it referred to as T5. Was this new to anyone else? And he said from the research he did on Google, uh, he found it to be more of a slang term. He couldn't understand what it, what it was that uh, you were getting at.
1: Okay, so the story goes that the ECA stack was put together by a gentleman called Paul Borrison. Um, those who are long-term listeners to the show will know he crops up now and again as Paul. Um dead now, uh, but um, actually was a bit of a mad scientist in some ways, uh, did come up with some things way before his time, um, but but also was very excessive. And one of the things Paul's credited with coming up with is the ECA stacks of estrogen, caffeine and aspirin. And the story goes that after he'd come up with this combination, he was looking to name it, and he, he literally called it T5 as a bit of a piss take to run in sequentially from T3, T4, and then T5, even though obviously it's not a thyroxine. It doesn't have anything to do with your thyroid. Yeah. Um, and so UK-wise, maybe not so much now, but definitely the older school guys will all refer to ECA as T5.
0: No kidding, huh?
1: Yeah. Um, and that, that's the basics behind it, yeah. It's um, so I suppose, really, technically, it's a branding name, uh, in the same way as we have Anadrol, you guys refer to Oxys as Anadrol, and, and I refer to them as Oxys,
0: yeah. All right, we had a question here. Uh, a guy who's got a bunch of gear, his coach told him to take, uh, and he wanted to get our input. I think he says, uh, I hired a coach, um, and Uh, gave me a cycle without dosages that included Tren, EQ, Sustanon, Test Probe. I was shocked. He was like, take these. I don't know uh, what to do with him. I told him that I want to uh, take test only since I am out of shape now and trying to put on size.
1: Get a new coach.
0: You never have to take anything ever, even if your coach tells you. There's that first, right?
1: Yeah, no, it's true. You know, uh, coaching is very much a two way street. Yeah, uh, coaches can become quite dictatorish in the way they sometimes coach people, and and some people prefer that. Some people prefer those decisions to be taken away from them and just be told what to do. The problem is. I don't think in most cases those coaches are still going to be stood there holding your hand if it all goes peak Tong, and you're unwell or you have any problems. Um, And I've ranted about this in the past. Whatever advice you give is down to you. But if you're going to give advice... You've got to stand by that if it all goes wrong. And, you know, I've I've made mistakes, and I've given people cycles that they haven't got on well with, and it's caused them problems, and I'll always be there to try and help out the situation.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. They don't always come back to you because they get a hump on and sulk with you, but at the end of the day, Just you know, get a it's, hump on? it's not a perf- yeah. What's that mean? It's not a hump, get the hump, uh, pissed off, grump. I never heard of that. Uh. But, um. You know, you don't have to do anything your coach do, and I also know people that are coached by I won't say any names, but and their old attitude is I just take half the dose. In fact, Ian Harrison, I can say this name. So Ian at some point got involved with Paul Borison. Okay. Um, and and Ian used to say, I just listen to what he says and then take half of it.
0: <laughs> it sounds like Paul was kind of crazy
1: yeah he was he was a bit nuts um but he was clever as well um and in some ways he was before his time and in other ways he was a complete lunatic um but uh yeah he's uh, he's he's got quite a few books actually um i can't remember what they're called now i'm sure somebody will would know yeah um but, yeah, so first of all is you do not have to follow what your coach says. Uh, secondly, I would question the validity of a coach who just sends you a list of drugs with no actual doses or protocol attached to it. That's got nothing to do with his drug choices. That's quite literally the fact that he's not sent you a, a cycle plan. He's just sent you to take these drugs. Hmm. Um, and, and by all means, you do not have to follow it. But, you know... If, if you were with a coach that gave you a full cycle plan and you just didn't like the cycle, then I wouldn't necessarily say that that's a particularly bad coach. It's just his cycle ideas aren't in line with yours. Yeah. But when you get a coach that just sends you a list of drugs, that's more indicative of a bad coach. Yeah. Um, uh, and maybe it would be better to look elsewhere. But, yeah, but I mean, if you want to run test only, mate, run test only. bollocks okay. the to them.
0: I agree. And, and if he hasn't tell him what you're thinking, I'll say as a coach, the number one thing I need from you is feedback. You know, if, if you check in and you're down two pounds and you lost two pounds last week, you lost two pounds the week before everything looks to be great. Then I might tell you, Hey, we're doing good. Keep doing what you're doing. But then you didn't tell me that like, you've been starving and you've been losing sleep and you've been freaking out and your girlfriend's about to break up with you cuz you guys haven't got to go out to dinner for a month and a half if you're to tell me that my response would probably be a little bit different so i would say for sure i think good communication you know you said coaching is a two-way street i think that good communication mm-hmm. is what it comes down to so you know i would it, i would approach it, him about it
1: it frustrates me no end when clients disappear um, and I don't have an objection to people not liking the way I do things. I don't have an objection to people, you know, not being happy about the service I provide, but just tell me, because yeah. if I don't know about things, I, I, one, I can't fix them for you, uh, and they may not be fixable, but two, I, I can't improve moving forward either, because if I don't know that there's something I'm doing that people don't like and nobody tells me, I'll keep fucking doing it.
0: Yeah. Well, this is a really cool comment so, that we got. He said, uh, I got so fed up with the user-friendly YouTube channels. I love your program. Really good info for advanced lifters. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Although he's also saying we're not user-friendly, so there is that.
1: What's user-friendly YouTube channels?
0: I think he means like... He wants... Like like you user-friendly would be like... um Primabool. overly PC y- yeah or like real simplified like if you take Prima and you should take 350 milligrams every seven days you know what I mean like we don't we don't tell people exactly
1: what they should do there's that they should send me cake cake that's what they should do yes. okay cake vanilla slice Vanilla slice.
0: Do you have vanilla slices over there? We have vanilla cake.
1: No, it's it's like so. It's like um, I think it's a phyllo pastry um with a big thick wedge of vanilla cream in between, oh. and then the pastry again with um icing on top of that. Yeah, I
0: think we have something like that.
1: There's a French advancement of that called mille milly, I believe, hmm. uh, which is a bit more fancier with fresh cream. Yeah, I'd take it. That sounds good to me. Cinnamon rolls as well. Big fan of cinnamon rolls. They would probably
0: travel better too in the mail, right?
1: Cinnamon roll. Yeah.
0: Good heavy cinnamon roll. Huh. Custard
1: slice. Custard slice. Custard is custard flavored, not vanilla flavored.
0: I'd go for some custard something or another. That sounds good. He also asked, my shaker cup, is it Nutribolic? No, this is True Nutrition, our sponsor. Question for the next podcast regarding clenbuterol. Oh, shit, I'm unplugging the stuff. Regarding clenbuterol dosing, uh, would it be should clenbuterol be taken on an empty stomach in the morning or pre-workout? Is it better to split the dose across the day or take one full dose all at once? And what about uh, taking it on rest days? Thank you.
1: Right. Yeah, you would still take your fat burner on rest days. Um there's no reason not to. At the end of the day your fat loss is continuous. It's not designed to only operate round training days. Um single dose, its half life is long enough to sustain that. That's not a problem. Uh I'll be honest though, I'm not so sure on the empty stomach. I don't, I don't think there's there any difference. I don't yeah. think there is. I don't think it matters. No, I don't think it does. Now, I would say I'm racking is. my brains now to see if I've ever seen anything about, you know, um, fat solubility or something like that, and I don't think I have.
0: I'd agree with you, take it on your non-training days because you're still trying to lose fat those days. Also, it has a really long half-life, so it's going to be effective no matter what, you know. It, like it like yeah. you're you you can't you can't just like drop it in, you know. Like it's not like a pre-workout. Um I will say this. Now, I've always taken it first thing in the morning before cardio, but I've had people tell me that their heart rate gets too high and they can't work hard during cardio because their heart rate got too high. So they'll do their a.m. fasted and then take their clean.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. I can see that. Yeah, Um, definitely see that. James Mackey has said you can't make a good Eccles cake. He won't know what an Eccles cake is, James. He won't have a fucking clue because he's a yank.
0: You sure he is? Do you know that? You know him?
1: No, you are. Oh, I won't know what a
0: Eccles cake no, is? No, you won't know
1: what an Eccles cake is.
0: I don't know what an Eccles cake is.
1: Dead fly cake.
0: That does not sound delicious to me.
1: It is very nice.
0: Dead fly cake. It's got like raisins in it or something.
1: Yeah, but it's loads and loads of them.
0: It it's does not, not sound good. It's,
1: it's a flaked pastry, but it's still quite dense. It, it's probably, a decent one would probably be about three quarters of an inch thick. Hmm. But it's, it's it's hollow, completely hollow in the middle. Hmm. Um, it's glazed on top, um, and it's just absolutely packed with raisins.
0: Hmm. Okay. Clembuterol. Splitting the dose, here's what I found. Uh, You know, the way I've talked about dosing it, we start at 20. After a period of time, maybe a couple weeks, we go to 40. At those doses, I wouldn't split it up. When you get further up, usually you don't get side effects. Each time you jump up, you're used to taking 60. So when you go to 80, you're probably not going to get many sides now versus just taking 80 out the gate. That said, at a certain point, 80 to 100 micrograms, 120 micrograms, you may still get side effects even though you're used to taking it. And one of those side effects can be low blood pressure. So uh, I've actually split the dose up maybe first thing in the morning and then again a couple hours later. Yeah, it does have a half-life, but it seems to take the edge off of it a little bit if you do break it up. I don't try to go much past the first several hours of the day though because you you, you could still get insomnia issues. At least I have.
1: So it's more a side management for breaking it up. Um yeah. rather than um a a effectiveness of the compound situation. Yeah.
0: Do you ever hear of people taking it before bed?
1: No. No, I can't say I have. I have. People that I can't. I've heard of people taking it during and i taken T three during the night, but I've never yeah. heard of uh, I've never heard of uh I can't, imagine, I can't imagine taking clean before bed is particularly pleasant, to be honest. Dude, I did it once. It was bad news. Like, <laughs> I've had people tell me, they're like,
0: I take it and then I don't get any sides. I took it and it like I did not sleep at all that night, man. It was the worst. And I would never, ever do it again. It was just tossing and turning the whole night long. Huh. Let's see here. We had one more <sighs> psycho critique before Dave falls asleep. Here's what he's taking. Sorry, guys. 500 test, 200 trend ACE, 100 alone, 300 DECA. Whilst I agree the amount compounds is high, uh, there is a very moderate dosage. I know some people who would say this is too high, but 800 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams of test, uh, 700 trend isn't high. Wait, he says there's people who would say it's high. I get what high. he's saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: I get what he's saying.
0: uh When the overall uh, grammage is 300 milligrams higher than my cycle, for example.
1: The, I mean, wow. the 500 mega test, the thing to is fairly easy going. Um, the two problems I see with that as a cycle are you've got two very, very impacting compounds with the tren and the, the men. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not so sure. Is he taking 200 meg tren A's total over a week? So is that what? Three shots of 75 ish. Um, you know, how's he splitting the trend A's? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not, I, no, I, I don't see that as a particularly high cycle. I just see it as potentially a little bit of a tricky cycle to manage because you can't test your estrogen because mm-hmm. you're on trend. So you've got no chance of finding out what you, well, you, you have, but you'd have to pay for specific testing. Uh, and men is a bugger for aromatization. So you're going to pro- potentially have some issues with estrogen management um the problem on the other side of that is if you're going to have problems with the eastern management with the decker in there and the trend in there you're then going to have problems with prolactin management um and it can start to get a very messy very quickly that is one of the problems with multi-compound cycles is it's much harder to pinpoint what's causing what where when you've only got a couple in there it's much easier to go well that's because of that even though you might be running higher doses so no, I mean I don't think it's it's excessive. Uh I'm not so sure as to the thought process behind it. Um It's a lot of nineteen orders, not, you know? Yeah, um I mean, you know, if you think of men as supercharged test, then you're you're looking at effectively hundred milligrams of trestolone being 500 milligrams of test, probably a little bit more, um, which would put that up to almost effectively a gram of test, And that's the other thing you've got to remember as well. 500 milligrams of DECA, from a point of view of toxicity to the body and stress to the body, is not the same as 500 milligrams of MENT or 500 milligrams of TRENT. They yeah. are much harsher compounds. They have much far-reaching impacts. So it's it's not equivalent equals. So. Yeah. So that, in total, from a dose point of view, is eleven hundred milligrams. Yeah. Or I could take. If you took, say, fifteen hundred milligrams of straight test, that would probably be less impacting health wise than that cycle is, even though it's four hundred milligrams more. Yeah,
0: because it's always of kind the of the irked to me in
1: harshness of those compounds. It's
0: always kind of irked me when you hear people saying, like, "Well, how much do you run? Oh, I run my cycles about two grams. You know, is that like two grams a train?" two grams of test because those are different cycles, mm. you know?
1: Yeah, very, very different cycle. I mean, if you ran 400 mega test and, and 700 mega of DECA, which is the same milligram of that cycle there, mm-hmm. you would probably only have about a third of the physical impact in the sense of toxicity and stress on the body. Hmm. It'd be much, much milder, much milder. I'll tell um, you what, that, In the sense of how it stresses the body.
0: That 100 milligrams of alone that I ran – was very strong. Like that was, Mm. I mean, I got really strong on that, but my estrogen was almost uncontrollable, you know? And then when Mm. I stopped using it, I felt like my strength took a little bit of a dip and I felt like I wasn't quite, I I didn't get bloods done, but for maybe like, it was like a month plus, I felt like things were off. I felt like my libido Mm. was kind of screwy after that. I felt like my strength was kind of screwy. It's just like everything was just harder to balance uh after I ran that.
1: I mean, Ment's an incredibly effective compound, but it, it is also a complex compound to manage. Um and it can be very, very tricky to, to get into a nice place with it. And the same with with, with Trent. I mean, yeah. Obviously, Trent is much more commonly and widely known, its side effects, but at the same time, you know, you don't it's not always the dose that's the issue is sometimes the duration. You know, people can run, oh, well, I've run 400 mega training. all my cycles never had a problem. And then they start a cycle and they're on 400 mega training and they get a problem. Yeah. And then from that point onwards, every time they touch trend, they get a problem. So there is a cumulative damage that occurs over time. And, hmm. and certain cycles can be the straw that breaks a camel back. But having said that, even with the compound choices, I don't see that as an excessive cycle. Um, I'm not so sure on the logic behind it, but but I definitely don't see it as, as excessive. Um, but I, I wouldn't really want to be running at such a high aromatizing compound as MENT with TREN and the effects that TREN have as, an, as on estrogen receptors and the fact that MENT aromatizes so strongly. It could lead to some problems, even with them being very low doses, because yeah. they are quite low doses, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would agree with that. All right, Dave. Besides pie talk and cake talk, uh, that's all we got here.
1: Yeah, I think that's a very good idea. I think we should have uh, you know, like uh, Dave's Cake Hour on drugs and stuff. Yeah, and we Corey can Wright. Discuss
0: food. Yeah, Corey Wright says Dave needs a desserts with Dave podcast. I could do that.
1: The problem is I'm already extremely fat. So <laughs> by by starting a podcast like that, I'll probably kill myself.
0: <laughs> we'll uh we get we'll get you ripped first. We'll get you on the uh the Mark Wahlberg mm. other the first diet he was on. Mm. And then we'll do a before we'll get you yeah, there we go. That'll be perfect. Before and after and an after after picture. Okay. Yeah. So uh I know you've been busy. You you've got a lot of work going on, huh?
1: Yeah, just yeah, it's I am okay, but then I had a I had a job drop yesterday that that, that threw me a little bit, uh a legal job. Um hmm. um and um yeah, it's a supply case um of a prison officer supplying steroids in a prison. Ooh. Among other things as well. Yeah. Um, and and unfortunately, that threw a spanner in the works because I had to quote it straight away, which meant I had to go through all the legal paperwork and, and review it all. Yeah. Um. Uh. And so that then threw a spanner in yesterday's work, which then carries over to today's work. And and then I had a BTN uh, lesson to teach this morning, which which threw another two hours out the window. So yeah, it's it's it. But I'm not complaining, mate. Um, but I usually have Thursdays and Fridays as my buffer days to catch up.
0: Yeah.
1: And then weekend we're out with the bus, but this Thursday we're in over there somewhere. Um, teaching for bottomy. Um Well, no, I'm, I'm the guinea pig. My wife's teaching, I'm the guinea oof, pig. Oof. Um, so that that's sort of buggered my catch-up day up a little bit. So it's going to be a couple of late drags, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm not complaining. Um, I'd rather be busy than sit on me fucking ass with me, thumb up it not been able to do anything
0: i can appreciate that all right well we'll let you get back to work uh thank Thank you you. for bringing the cabbage back Uh, i'm sure everybody appreciates that he had two episodes away our viewership started declining dramatically so this should probably help the next episode that's what i'm thinking
1: well we have you know his contract's been renewed he's he's he said he's willing to give it a go um he's still not happy with you um but uh, we'll, we'll see. I've got we'll this.
0: See. If he ever wants to quit, I'll just drop this in there. Look at look. Just put him like you sitting right on my desk with me, too. Be like, oh, so Christmas no. Cabbage has oh. joined us today. Oh, Christmas Cabbage has joined us today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely an improvement. <laughs> Definitely an improvement. <laughs> All right, guys, for another of drug, episode of Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland, I'm Scott McNally. Of course, go over to crosslands.org.uk. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube. We'd appreciate that. And, of course, if you enjoy our shows, likes, comments, and share with your friends, all that stuff helps us. Uh, and, of course, check out our great sponsor, truenutrition.com. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. David Stanley Crossland. See you later.